Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. Firstly, I mean, I want to talk about, you know, just the absolute amazing career. And, I mean, he's only very early into his career. Um, Ashton DB, how amazing he's going at stud. You just must be so proud and so pleased with how he's going. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, I had a lot of confidence in him. But, you know, at times you can be confident and uh, get let down. But he certainly surpassed uh, what I thought he could do. I mean... He had, he's a good-sized dog, he's well-balanced, he was keen, he had early speed, and he had a pedigree, so, yeah. and, and a record, so it, it just had to, well, I just had to give him a go. Yeah, I mean, I, I vaguely remember there was quite a bit of hype around him when he did go to stud, and everyone was so excited and thought, oh, you know, this dog could make it, and I mean, he's only got, you know, compared to, he's only, he's third behind at the moment, Fernando and Barcia, who obviously are two of the best sides we've ever had in our sport. For 492 runners, he's got a 21% strike rate, which is the best one, you know, in like the top 40-odd greyhounds at stud, which is just amazing. It is, and um, I know I've still got a new batch of uh, DBs coming up, and... and uh, they're, they're not going to be any slower than the first batch, I can tell you. So, uh, look, I'm really confident that he can, you know, carry on his work. And the thing is, he throws sprinters, middle distance, stayers. Uh, so, and he complements so many other uh, bitches, especially Fernando Bale bitches that tend to be a bit small. Yep. Um, he throws a bit of size into them. Yep. And, I mean, you know, he's just to name a few, there's so many to go through, but he's got, you know, some outstanding of the zipping dogs, you know, zipping Naseko, zipping Moose, you know, Kira yeah. Kismet. Like the list just goes on and on, and it just it doesn't look. And they've got fantastic winning records as well. So, yeah, look, I racing, grand racing is not simple, but one <laughs> of the ingredients is hard to get as early speed, and you have to run on the pace, even if you're a stayer, because. Greyhound racing is like a pinball machine. You don't know what's going to come out and hit you uh, uh, from the side or move out or move in. So if you're in front, you know, you make your own luck. And I mean, I'm not telling anybody in greyhound racing, it's no secret, but to get a sire that can consistently throw dogs that's got that early speed, the same as Fernando Bale and, and Basio Bale, they're, they're great sires. Yep, yep. For sure, and to be you know sitting third behind him is uh, behind those two. Um, yeah, just you must just go wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, he he's had a couple of spells off. Uh, he had uh, when I think he had about two months off early in his career when um, there was uh, what can I say there was. Uh, 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 so, mm, this is a hard one to say because no, uh, because right. Shona got suspended, you know, and, yep. and she was proved innocent in the end. But yep. it uh, that was two months off the scene there, and recently he's had another couple of months off the off the scene too because of a 
and injuries he sustained and he had to have uh, antibiotics and whatever else. And I've got people queuing up for him now. And yeah. what, 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 He's been so heavily worked, I'm very conscious of him. Yeah. And uh, we've been giving him a lot of uh, naturals lately. Yeah. And he's loving it and he's sort of rejuvenated. <laughs> um, but um, he's uh, – and look, even his sisters, his sisters are just phenomenal as well. Look at um, – Aston Miley. Yep. Aston Rupi, Aston Fastnet. And I've just had another litter broken in by uh, Aston Miley, and they're, they're just as fast as the first and second litter. So it's just good. You always look for good families. And with DB, all his sisters and even half-sisters are throwing winners. Yep. And what's he like, um, what's he like personality-wise to have a, to have at home? Uh, he's just uh, he, if he was a human, he'd be uh, a, a, a six foot ten, uh, <laughs> laid back American Af- African American basketballer because he's so athletic and nothing bothers him, and he you know he would just lay on his bed and you know all the other dogs can bark and whatever else, and he would just sit there waiting because he's he's actually still in racing condition. Shona and Jason have just kept him really healthy, so. Yep. Um, you know, he still thinks he's a race dog. <laughs> well, I've got an Ashton DB little bitch, and she's probably had the best personality of any dog I've ever had. So it's um, it's obviously rubbing off onto his offspring. And yeah, like I mean, you know, for people that don't know, I mean that that Melbourne Cup win is still one of my favourite races to watch. And you know, when you watch the replay, you see how much it meant to Shona. She's very emotional after the race, and that, and it was um, you know, it, it was so hyped up, but he was just. He was just a chaser. He he was just phenomenal on the racetrack. He um when when he was well balanced, and a lot of people don't take that into consideration. It's like a, a rugby player or an AFL player. You know, if they get hit, some of them can just bounce up and or ride a bump, uh, and some will just fall over. I mean, with uh, Aston DB, he rode bumps. Actually, he gave a lot of bumps, and. Um, he never really even changed stride. He was just very well balanced. Something like that, you just, you know, you you, you, you can't pick. It's just, it just happens. But I think the other reason why as well is because he was so focused. You know, all he wanted to do was race. He'd be so calm until just before he's ready to get into the boxes. Yep. Then it's like a switch would come on and he'd know, okay, now I'm ready. Yes. And you know, like he was, um, he was an athlete. Uh, and, and look, he's proving on the racetrack. His progeny are proving the same. And the other thing that people want to take notice of, well, I have, is his bitches are almost as good as his dogs. Yep. You know, they're all. It's there's not much between them. So if you get a litter of uh, six bitches and two dogs, you're not going to be too disappointed because you know they all can. They're all about equal as far as running. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, will I be able to replace him? I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I hope he's going to be around for a while and yeah. there's still Aston Rupi and Aston, um, Fastnet and there's, there's others coming up, but he's, there maybe he's already done it. Yep. And like you were saying before about, you know, the success Aston Miley's had um, as a brood bitch, I mean, you know, Ashton Rupi, Ashton Lee, Ashton Reward, Ashton Fastnet, like she's a super producer. 
herself. Esther Mays, uh, um, Aston, uh, Tatum. Uh, it just goes on and on. And she's just, but she was a very calm dog as well. Uh, she was just like uh, Aston DB, you know, the, the female version. A good 30 kilo bitch that was always calm, well balanced, and had early speed. She unfortunately lost a toe, her main, uh, main toe on her back foot. And when it was operated on, it was like not operated on by a, a vet that knows racing. It was just operated on by a vet. Yep. And uh, every time she went around a corner, she'd dislocate one or two of the other toes. Uh. So she ran like that for a long time. Yep. So her, her, Future was always going to be in the breeding barn, and um, you know she's she's been phenomenal. And there's I've got three daughters of hers at stud already, um, and I think the other thing I've I've learnt too is just for my sake I, I I won't give bitches too many runs because not because they can't take it, and not because it hurts them. It's just that. If their career is too long, by the time they get to their fourth litter, they could be seven, eight years old. Yeah. And I would much prefer to breed with a young dog or bitch than an old bitch. Yeah. Uh, it, they just they handle it better. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, look, it's really you know, there's a lot of average dogs out there, and there's a lot of dogs that are even not average, but uh, you need a sprinkling of good ones to soften the, uh, the blow when you get dogs that are hard to place because that's where the, the ones that are probably still earn money because, you know, there's good money in tier three racing, but they're just harder to place. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, city dogs, everybody wants them. It's, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I try to always spread them all out and make sure that if somebody ha has had a dog that was a, a tier three dog, but they did a really good job with them, I try to upgrade them. Yep. So that you know they're not for, forever getting you know dogs you have to travel with or ones that uh, have problems. So look, uh, greyhound racing's just uh, I'm in horse racing as well, and I hardly ever talk about the horses. <laughs> But the dogs are just like every night. I get my alerts; they come up, and I'm watching them. And it doesn't matter what race they're in; I'm riding them every single time. Yep, that's awesome. How many dogs have you got at the moment in your ownership? Well, last time I counted, about I don't normally count. It was about three months ago. It was nine hundred and twenty. Wow. So I'm pretty sure it's over a thousand now. Yep. But you know what the good thing about it is all self funding. Yep. And that's what I like. You know, well, I mean, everybody would like it to be self funding, but strangely, I'm going to say something strange. I'm not really in it for the money. Yep. I mean, the money helps to feed my obsession with the, my dogs, <laughs> but I really from. There'd be about a thousand, so I really need to bring it back to around about six hundred or something <laughs> like that, um, and just be a little bit more selective with uh, my brood bitches. But I have a lot of difficulty selling dogs. Yep. Okay. Uh, um, I really, I know what they mean to me, and I know what they're worth, uh, and I know 
um, what I pay when I buy other pups. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's difficult because um, it's so hard and there's, there's a perception out there that you can probably get a low-grade city dog for around about 10000 and um, I can't even buy three-month-old pups for that. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. But I can understand everybody's got budgets they work to and, and greyhound racing and any racing – you can be lucky. Yeah. You can not spend much money and get something. Um, but, of course, the better bred pup you buy and the more care you take of each stage of their life, the more chance you've got of having something that's going to have a, a long career. Yep. And I've, um, like I, what you were saying before about, you know, um, selection and, and placing them properly, you know, I've had conversations with owners before and they say, oh, you know, I, I want to have a dog trained by such and such or I want to have a dog trained by this person. And I said, well, you've got to, um, you know, you've got to pick who's going to bring out the best in the dog and where they're best suited and, you know, one turn or two turns or that sort of thing. Does that, you know, obviously you go through and, and analyse all those aspects when you're selecting your trainer. I, I study most of the trainers around Australia. Yep. I see how many tracks they travel to, which tracks they travel to, whether they uh, are better suited to uh, a male dog or they have fem or female dog. Uh, smaller kennels do better with uh, dogs that are a little bit on the shy, shy side. And, um, you know, I try to pick um, a trainer who's got either a female trainer or a male trainer has got a, a partner or young kids. So I'm always, what I do is I look at the dog, I analyse the dog and then I analyse the trainer to, um, you know, get the best possible match because that, that is what it's all about. You've got to match them up. Yeah. Um, and I know my breed, so I know what suits them, but even so... In my own breed, there's there's outriders, ones that uh, are totally different to what I expected. So I put a lot of time and effort into picking the right matchup, and a lot of people don't think of that. Yeah, there's some right. dogs that will doesn't matter to them if they're in a kennel with fifty other dogs. And there's others others that just want more attention, or yeah. or they want they need confidence. Just like people, we're all different, you know. Some some people can go, go out there and perform in front of a, an audience. Some people, you know, um, you know, you, you'd have to uh, drag them out. Everybody's different. Yeah. So, and dogs are no different. And, and <clears throat> the other thing a lot of people don't realise too is the dog's intelligence. Yes. Some dogs are just not real smart. Uh, and some dogs... Are smart, and then some dogs are too smart. Yep. So you've got to you've got to work it. You've got to work it out. You know when you have see these dogs that sit there chewing on the wire in their kennel all day. You know you've got to say to yourself that dog's not real smart. Um, <laughs> and, and then you you get the other dogs like even Aston Comedo was the exact same. You would have to he'd wait for everybody, all the other dogs to be fed, and when his bowl came in for his, he'd get up then. <laughs> and he would not worry until it it was in front of him. Yeah. 
and uh, Aston DB was exactly exactly like that as well. Yep. Yep. Matter of fact, they they used to be kenneled alongside of each other, and um, they just had very similar personalities. Yep. No, lovely. And I'm sorry if you've already answered this question before on another interview, but where does the name Ashton come from? Where did you get that from? Is it after the car? Yeah, I am. I've always been a bit of a car fanatic, and uh, previously I had a property called Brookside, so I raced under that prefix of Brookside, but then I worked out later on, it's a bit of a long name, so (laughs) whatever whatever name you're going to have after it, it has to be short, where Aston's, I've I've had Aston Martins for about 20-odd years, Uh, it was a small small prefix that was it was uh you know a, a good a good prefix to use but um yeah it's uh no you're not uh, you, you you're not the first and you're not the last person will ask me that question because <laughs> it's uh if you don't know a lot about cars or you can't you don't think that oh was that it because there's a lot of other astons out there as far that aren't cars yep um but it's uh, even so. I'm struggling at times to uh, find names. Right now, I'm following the Olympics, and uh, anybody who's fast, I'm picking their name. Well, uh, there's a couple of good ones today that you could um, latch on to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, but it's just oh, I name them after AFL footballers. And the funny thing is, uh, ten, just before you rang, I had Ken Hinckley, who who's the coach of uh, Port Adelaide in the AFL. Okay, and yeah. I, do, I do a little bit of work with him, and I've, I'm getting a couple of dogs for the the footballers. And um, I've also got because I'm involved in horse racing, I've got the trainers and the jockeys that are after me for to get them a dog uh, for a bit of interest. But you know, I, like I say to them all, it's not quite that easy. It's not as if I can pick any dog. I have to pick a dog that I know you're going to get a bit of fun out of, um, and um, because it's a good promotion for the sport. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And yeah. I, I suppose, um, yeah, that's probably, you know, my last question was going to be, you know, what sort of, um, oh, I know it's hard to sort of pinpoint one or two points about, you know, advice for prospective owners and that sort of thing. But I think, you know, you're, um, when you were talking about, you know, just, you know, doing your research and finding the right dog, finding the right trainer and placing them properly, you know, giving the dog every chance basically um, to succeed. And, you know, the other bit of advice I've got to them, unless they're going professional and their livelihood is dependent on greyhound racing, don't look at greyhounds as a business. Like you don't go out there and buy a greyhound for $5,000 and say, well, for me to break even, it has to win $10,000. It's not a business, you know, and you won't enjoy yourself when you look at it as a business. Just go out there, have a bit of fun with your mates or your friends or your family. And, uh, you know, for me, I couldn't put dollars on uh, my first few wins. Um, so treat it as a hobby or a sport. Don't let – unless you're going to make a profession of it. Yeah. Um, and you'll, you'll have a lot more fun. Yeah. And that's what it's got to be. It's got to be – Fun, you know. I'm all for syndications because syndications don't cost people a lot of money. It brings a lot of people to the dogs when they can get there, yep. and um, it makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, 
in the thoroughbred industry, I think 90% of, of horses are owned by um, syndications. Yeah. So, and I've often been somewhere when a dog or a horse of mine that I own won and I I'm almost have to be, like, happy inside because uh, <laughs> I look around and it's, it's just me that's actually... <laughs> um, attached to that animal, and uh, but then I've been in with like my sister. I've got some racehorses, and when my family come along or friends come along, and I'm happy, they're cheering with me, and it's like, hey, this is good. Yeah. So it's always good to have a group of friends. Yep. Yeah. And um, as I said, try not to tr treat it as uh, a business, and uh, you'll have a lot of fun. The, what what um, Victoria did with their national draft. I was involved with that. And uh, I, I think that's been very successful. Um, of course, the dogs I bought were uh, biased and DB, and uh, <laughs> they've turned out to be okay. So, bit biased. <laughs> yeah, well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it's, it's a lot of good fun. I've been in it for uh, forty odd years, and. I, uh, I I still it's it's my hobby it's my interest it's what I do you know like I often say to people that because I, I run fourteen businesses and a lot of them are high pressure God, yeah. and I've got about fourteen hundred people that work for me and yeah. it doesn't come without its problems and sometimes I just got to switch off so I just go onto my computer open up to my the biggest spreadsheet you've ever seen with my dogs on it <laughs> and. And I get lost in that. Yep. And then when, I, when I've sort of spent an hour on that, I come back out and I'm thinking clear again. Yep, yep. It's, it's just what I do that makes work for me. Yep. And how do you feel, like, how did you feel after that um, Melbourne Cup win? Like, you must have seen, you know, like you said, with, with all those dogs and all the work and that you put in, you must have seen, oh, my God, I've just, you know, won one of the biggest, if not the biggest race in Australia. How good is this? Well, there was a story behind that as, as well. And... Um, I chair a lot of different companies, and uh, on the exact same night, we had what we call the South Australian Food Awards, which is the biggest food award in Australia. And I chaired it, and I was hosting it. There was 800 people there. The MC was uh, Matt Preston from, you oh, know, yeah. uh, the TV. Yeah. yeah. And so what it was... Uh, I, I couldn't be at the track, but I was sort of hurrying speeches along and I knew when I had to be out there and I'd already told a whole lot of people that, you know, I've got to be off by this time because I'm going to be watching this dog. Yep. And uh, a lot of the people said, what are you talking about, you know, dog? <laughs> um, anyway, so what actually happened was that I was lucky five minutes before I went out to the foyer I was trying to find somewhere quiet, looked at my phone, a couple of my friends came with me, and uh, when it was, it was, it was an exciting race, but, you know, I was caught up in the race, I didn't realise there was about 50 people behind me that were cheering along with me, and one of them was my accountant, <laughs> and uh, it was like, I didn't think I told that many people, but... Somebody must have told somebody who told somebody. <laughs> Word spread. 
And so it was an unusual night. I couldn't be there to enjoy it, but uh, I really enjoyed um, the dog winning. And, yeah, I felt, I just felt like my dog just won the Melbourne Cup. And yep. it's, uh, it, it, well, it's, it's a, it's a feeling that I'll never lose, and um, I mean, there's a lot of other great races around, like the the the, the Easter eggs, a great race, uh, the Australian Cup, um, um, you know, all these really good concept races like the Phoenix and the Million Dollar Race. Yep. All those races, you've got no idea how many people I have told that there's greyhound races worth a million dollars, seven hundred and fifty thousand, six hundred thousand, and it's like. It changes their whole perception of the industry. Yeah. And, you know, that's what those big races did for the industry. It created a lot of um, people changing their perception about greyhound racing. And that with walking the streets and seeing greyhound pets that are every fifth dog uh, in the street, I think Grand Racing has come a really a, a long, long way, and I, I think we're basically on a crest of a wave. And if it wasn't for the um, COVID, we'd be seeing a lot more that have uh, rewards from the industry. So the industry is in, industry's in a very healthy place, and I, I'm really glad about that as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, people used to say to me, oh, you know, it's the poor man's sport. You don't win much money, do you? It's, you know, bag of kibble. And I'm like, oh, actually, no, there's a million dollar race now. And they're like, what? They go, what are the training fees like? I said, oh, well, usually it's a 50-50 split. And they're like, so it doesn't cost you anything. I said, no, not while they're racing. They're like, oh, my God, I've got to get involved in this. I said, yes, you do. <laughs> and the thing is that what used to be Greyhound Racing's uh, biggest I guess negative was it takes thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? You know, was that a race? <laughs> uh, and but ever since the pokies and a lot of young people coming through um, that are wanting to have a bit of a double, they want it to be quick. They want to have a bet and then another minute later have another bet. Yep. Or you know they, whereas you go to the thoroughbreds or the trots. You're going to wait three quarters an hour to have another bet, unless yeah. you're betting interstate. But I'm not saying, you know, the, I'm saying you, some people only put $5 on or whatever else, but they're kept interested all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I go to the, the, the gallops when I can. And to be absolutely honest, it's only the 200, at the last 200 or 300 metres that you can really see what is going on unless you're looking through a pair of binoculars. Yep. <laughs> uh, and even then. So really it's, you know, ground racing is you go all around the track. It's, it's It's got so much going for it. I, I often say to some of the administrators, if you ever floated on the stock market greyhound racing, you would make an absolute fortune because everybody could afford to be in it. It's something's happening. It's great growth. And, you know, Everybody loves dogs. Yep. Yep. And horses, but... Yep. So, anyway, I mean, as you can tell, been it for a long time and I'll probably still be in it for a long time and <laughs> I get a lot of enjoyment out of 
breeding them, selecting the size, selecting the dam, studying that, then studying yeah. the trainer, studying. It, it's even, it's even um, where they get rare. Yeah. I study that as well, you know, because they're all different. Yep. Uh, rare is a, a different. Um, and then I always get them free trained before being broke, broken in. To give them a bit of a head start because some dogs, you need to get a certain level of fitness so they don't break down. And you need one month, a lot of the times nowadays when you're chasing a, a bit of rag or a squeaker, uh, it takes a little bit longer yes. than that. And I want to make sure that they, the breaker doesn't spend all this time trying to teach a dog to walk on the lead or to do all those uh uh, certain training things that they should have had when they were being read. Yeah. So when they go to the breaker, the breakers introduces them to the boxes, introduces them to track. And you know what? He only has to give them half the runs. And, and which means that that dog has got a better chance of coming out of it all in one piece. Yeah. Because they can, they, you know, you can, some dogs that don't know how to corner or, it, the penny just drops and they go at 100 miles an hour, um, you know, they can hurt themselves. And part of greyhound racing is keeping them safe and keeping them um, sound. Yep. And then, of course, talking about keeping them safe, keeping them sound, I've always been a big advocate of um, the GAP program. Matter of fact, in South Australia, I uh, sponsor the GAP program. I own a company called Fresh Pet Food Co. And tomorrow night um, at the straight racing state final, it will be called the, pet, uh, the Fresh Pet Food Co. Oh, uh, lovely. Yep. Yeah. So I've done that for, for a lot of years. Um, yep. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really sponsor under the name of Macro anymore. I sponsor under the other names I have for the pet food companies because it was a better match. Yep. Um, so I've never really left sponsorship. I've just done it differently. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of people don't realise that and I don't actually go out there and talk about it. I just just do it because I think the GAP program is great for the dogs, of course. It's great for our image. And I really support it. And the dogs are such lovely dogs. And um, it costs me a lot of money each year to do it because part of the GAP program in South Australia is I provide all the food for them as well. Oh, wow. Yep. So, awesome. um, and, you know, I've been keen to do other states as well. Yep. Uh, but it just hasn't happened at the right time. But I think that's where my sponsorship will end up being is in um, – in the, in the GAP program and the animal welfare side of it. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.